da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. We can only assume that Brian Gill is not joining us right now because he's recovering his mind and ears from his Cars 3 screening over the weekend. It must have been, must have been emotionally draining for him to uh, have to do that. You know, it's, a, it's an obligation as a father, and you can only hope that he fulfills his obligation. He's a great dad. He's not thinking about himself on Father's Day weekend. Taking Little Coop to go see his mm. favorite film franchise, besides Star Wars, in Cars 3. Right. Yep. If it was me, and uh, you know it was, if it was me and it was my Father's Day weekend, I'd be like, which dollar theater is showing Fate of the Furious right now? <laughs> because that's where we're going. Um, Absolutely. Awesome. That's how, nothing celebrates family. Uh, like family. Than, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more than the family. The, the family. Um, well, Brian will be joining us shortly. Uh, he has another obligation as of right now. Richard is joining me right now for what up to kick off this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a good time the past few weeks talking summer movies, throwing it back to some classic summer movies. We talked E.T. last Absolutely. week, mm-hmm. which was uh, it's one of my favorite summer blockbusters. It was fun to. To revisit that one you hadn't watched that one in a while though so i hadn't i hadn't it was fun to uh watch it with you guys especially to watch brian weep and salivate and comment you know just <laughs> he did he moved yeah i mean nothing moves brian like et we had to stop the recording at least 12 to 15 times so that brian could go to the bathroom and blow his nose and yeah cover, gather get himself. his get his tears wiped off and things like that and to gather himself emotionally um but it was good. It was a good conversation, and we're going to be continuing the throwback conversation this week with, I believe, Richard's favorite, Starship Troopers. Yes, the original. My favorite movie. My favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I think we, I think we've been clear on that. <laughs> my vote was for Starship Troopers Three: Marauder, but we're going to have to wait till the reboot of Starship Troopers before we do the entire retrospective. <laughs> uh, and I'm excited for that. When the animated series drops, then we're going to have to. We have to spend the, yeah, the, a lot of time. Marauders, Marauders is hard to do an episode on because it's it's so perfect, right? You know, there's nothing to really talk about other than uh, it's just sort of gushing over how well made <laughs> it, it is. is. It's a little annoying just to hear us gush over something for an hour, and, uh, and so we spared the listener as far as that goes. But tonight, got a packed show tonight, and that includes our discussion of all eyes on me. No, this is not the Kent Garrison biopic. Mm-hmm. Which we know would be called allies on me because they are, yeah, all ears totally. actually yep. at this point. But uh, the Tupac Shakur biopic that um, I guess has been in the works for a while, or at least a Tupac biopic of some kind has been in the works for a while. Yes. I don't know if it's this one, but uh, this it's hard is, to tell. It's hard to tell. We hope it's not this, this one. This kind of plays on you know with the same actor as as. Uh, Notorious B.I.G., this sort of plays off the Death Row Cinematic Universe, <laughs> you know, that they're they're clearly building, so. Yeah. When's the Master P biopic coming? Which I think it actually is coming. I think I read that last week, that they're developing a Master P um, something somewhere, and a couple other rappers are getting... That's that's the rival CU, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I'm just talking you know, about rap the no biopics. Limit. That's the no-limit Yeah, I'm talking about rap biopics universe. in general. <laughs> no, I know. Um, 
the Eminem biopic could could yeah. happen. Needs to happen. Starring Eminem yeah. as himself or, or me uh, as Eminem because if you've ever seen my driver's license, you do. Um, I have bleached hair like Eminem from when I was eighteen. So still still rocking it, even though I'm thirty now. So Master P set kind of set the standard for the uh, sports agency rapper. So he, mm-hmm. Jay-Z has Master P to thank for, for going down Absolutely. that path. Make him say, oh. Would we have Rock Nation if not for Master P's Make Him Say, uh music video? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. What, what would we have fashion-wise if not for Master P's Make Him Say, um uh, music video? Because I still wear basketball shorts and basketball jersey with my nickname on it almost daily to work. Absolutely. I get a lot of weird looks, but. I show them the music video, which I have on demand on an app on my phone, and, and I play it for them, and they understand, and they accept me. Um, the, um, so, Master P has three records coming out. One out this year, and three more coming shortly, by the way. I'm, I'm looking at his discography. Um, he has three sequels to his 1996 album, Ice Cream Man. So, he has Ice Cream Man 2, The Streets. Mm-hmm. Ice Cream Man 3, The Hustle. And Ice Cream Man for the lifestyle. So he's he's still at it. We can only hope. <laughs> I've been waiting daily. Like I wake up every day, sitting in bed. Don't even before I even get dressed. I think, man, mm-hmm. when is that Master P record going to drop? And uh, hopefully tomorrow's the day. Speaking of Richard, when are we going to get uh, Son of the Mask or Son of the? I'm Richard? not telling. Again, I can't. I can't <laughs> leak this. But soon. It's going to be Still, six months from now. You're like, I can't, I'm no. not going to tell, tell you. It's just it, no. any day. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I promise you. And then in sooner le- rather than later. We're, we're sleep deprived, Richard. I speak on behalf of I know. The, the man fam out uh, there. Unfortunately, I am too. Uh, so <laughs> ever since I, seeing it. <laughs> yeah. No, just in my life in general uh, right now. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a good time to do it. But I promise when things slow down a bit, I'm all over it. Yeah. Because you need to give it. All the energy it deserves. Absolutely, I, mean, I can't. I can't come in and and kind of halfway do it. I mean, that's that's something that. I mean, this will be what I'm known for. This is what will be played at my funeral. <laughs> you know, the first line of my obit in the paper, which will say Richard Barden, comma, a podcaster known for his son of the mask review, right? Died valiantly saving his family from the wreckage of a submarine crash. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the first line. That's it. That's actually that's it, it. Because no one would be willing to write yours because all of your friends that abandoned you at that point. Yeah. Right when you got into submarines, like really hardcore, <laughs> that's when we're like, okay. Vintage he's submarines, a little, too. He's a little too not into <laughs> Son of the Mask and or vintage submarines, so not yeah. really worth it at this point. Well, unsafe. I'm always inviting people on there, and they're like, Richard, that doesn't seem safe. That's not. It's barely pressurized. It's from 1925. You know, just trust me. <laughs> you can't even swim either, which is very contradictory. It's a yeah. weird thing to be into if you you're, if you have a deathly fear of the water, mm-hmm. submarines. Mm-hmm. But we accept but, you. Uh, how dare you, you? Yeah, I stand by it. Well, Richard, uh, I want to get caught up with you real quick, just um, before Brian gets on here. We'll talk a little movie news, and he'll join us for the review portion, hopefully. But. Um, what have you been watching lately? What have you, what have you been Netflixing lately? What have you been Huluing lately? Or have you just been standard Richard Barton and you're exclusively reading novels and literature? I, I've not so much novels. I've been reading. Uh, <laughs> we don't even want to get into this. This is this is dangerous. I'm, I'm caught up on the Americans and I'm caught up on Veep. So I've done a good job. That's a lot for me. Two TV shows going at once is is hard for me. 
I've been really into these uh, really big uh, LBJ biographies. Uh, this is not a joke, by the way. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's not. I've gotten really into uh, <laughs> into these, and so uh, the Robert A. Caro um, four parts so far uh, biography of LBJ. So I'm on book three now, which is 1,200 pages. So this occupies quite a bit of my time. I've I've become obsessed with with sort of senatorial process and uh, all that. It's 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 a dark life I lead. I work constantly now. I'm, I'm I'm starting this company with some people, and so I work like an insane amount. And then I come home and I read about LBJ for an hour, and then I pass out. So um, you know, a lot of people would probably think of my life as a suicide note, but I'm I'm having fun. So, <laughs> but what about you? What about you? I know you're you're recording music and stuff, and yeah. uh, some other things. So what what are you up to, my man? Dude, just yeah, recording a bunch of music. Um, working on my first kind of long form film project, doing a documentary yeah. right now, um, about Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Cowboys and, uh, his time kind of in college and his upbringing and kind of what made Dak Dak, his personality his on the field leadership and things like that. Um, so I'm literally spending all my time this past weekend three days straight, including today. And then the next couple of weeks, I'll be working on that full time. We'll be premiering that uh, on the Cowboys social media and, and website and things like that in the next two or three weeks. So I'm excited about that. It's my first real, like, I'm going to make a movie kind of a thing. You know, I shot it all myself. We went to, went to Starkville, Mississippi and talked to his old coaches and the people that recruited him there and, and followed him around for a weekend, followed Dak around for a weekend. And, um, it's been a really really fun project to work on. And man, it just gives me so much perspective being on this show and coming on here and criticizing people that make movies and spend years on movies. And, and of course, praising people that make good movies, but man, you just realize how much actual work it takes, you know, and how much well, I'm, I'm excited for Brian and I to do an episode um, on, <laughs> on yours and just tear it apart. Just no rip it apart. I hope so. I hope you do that. I deserve it. Uh, I hope you're the Louis Lettier of, of, uh, sports documentaries. Are, there, well, are, are you using I, the rotating 360 camera? As much as I can, as, mm-hmm. as much Good. as I possibly can. But I mean, it just, there's so much that goes into making a movie. And, and really, unless you're a big studio and you have all this budget set aside, it's really, especially with documentaries, you have one shot at it. Mm-hmm. You have one shot at shooting everything. And if you don't get it, there's no way you can go back and reshoot it, you know, because a lot of the stuff happens once and that's it, you know? So it's really eye opening for me to to be able to do it. Not to say I'm gonna soften my stance on anything or anybody, uh, but I mean it is. It does just give me the experience of actually having to do something uh, that's kind of a large scale thing is going to be valuable for the show, and I'm excited to for my perspective to change after I'm completely awesome. sombered and tuckered out after after doing this. But I'm excited about it. Uh, I've been watching a lot of TV lately too, catching up on Game of Thrones. Are you are you completely caught up yet i know the new I seasons i don't uh, do the now. woods man do the woods. <laughs> it's not really the woods it's mm, just it's a uh... <laughs> wow i didn't know that it, your hate for the woods extended to game of thrones the mm-hmm. biggest cultural phenomenon in the past 30 years pretty much totally fair uh especially since you're so into literature i know i know but i don't do uh i'm not into I kind of have a firm, uh, if it's sci-fi, it needs to be in space. I don't really do well with, like, 
sci-fi that has horses in it. I don't know why. I never have been interested. That didn't read the Hobbit. It was sci-fi. Read the Hobbit. It's, it's, it's fiction. It's like fantasy. It's, it's just fi- I know, yeah, it's fantasy. Got, it, it fits in the sci-fi world, though. The sci-fi fantasy. Those are always on the same shelves. But I, I mean, I read the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings books as a kid and a student, and I just didn't care. I just don't. I just don't know why. I just that stuff doesn't. Uh, but I know Game of Thrones is awesome, and I have uh, I have a lot of people that beg me to watch it. But you know, there's enough people that watch it, and they all have really thoughtful, interesting opinions on it. And so uh, I I would I would not I would not uh, give much to that conversation, I guess. But but I I do know uh, I I fully will admit I'm sure it's the best show on TV. Everyone <laughs> seems to say it lives up to the hype. That's funny because I'm not normally into that stuff either. I do like and enjoy the Lord of the Rings series and the Hobbit because I grew up on it, the books and things like that. So I already had kind of a, you know, uh, an attachment to that. Um, I kind of refused to get on the Harry Potter train because I did not grow up with that stuff. And Richard can attest to this. Our school growing up banned the Harry Potter books because Mm -hmm. we went to a, uh, a Christian school and the the Harry Potter books had witchcraft in them, which mm. is a sin. So we weren't allowed to have Harry Potter anywhere in the building. And you're still holding on to that. And you're I'm still, holding no. Yeah, you take the rules very well, seriously. That, and you're <laughs> like, this was banned for a reason. Yeah. No, I had like contraband Harry Potter. It was like <laughs> black market. No, I mean that was when it was at its peak. Was when we were growing up, mm-hmm. and when yeah. they had, all the books were coming out in real time and everything. And I remember when they came out, and people were spending the night at. Barnes and Noble and things like that to get them. And, uh, I just never, never really got on the train at that point. Uh, most of the movies came out when I was gone all the time and wasn't regularly seeing movies. And, um, so, and it's not, not really my style. I'm not really into the medieval stuff except for, uh, which I've said a kid in King Arthur's court is the only thing that I'll, (laughs) I'll go to my grave with that one. That'll be a mile bit. Kent Garrison, Love. rabid King, kid in King Arthur's court fan died tragically of a porcupine sting because <laughs> I'm, I'm really into porcupines in my later days too. You're in a submarines and I'm into porcupines. It's, yeah. it's, yep. it's a, it's a passion. It's a passion. Yeah. Both are sexual though. Which is weird. <laughs> um, but game of Thrones is just kind of another deal because it is such a cultural phenomenon that mm-hmm. I, I mean, when, when it's going on, it's all anyone talks about, you oh. know, and I like, I feel like I'm super like FOMO, like missing out on it if, totally. I, if it, I don't man. watch it. And so I'll give it the time and, and kind of experience at that, even though it's not my favorite thing. Um, I've enjoyed, certainly the production of it is incredible. And I'm, I'm sure we'll get a lot of requests for a rants and raves, like a retrospective Game of Thrones episode when it, when the, when the next season or the final season ends. Um, I don't think we're going to do that because it would take me another half a year to watch it again, to refresh myself on the first three seasons because it's so in-depth and so many uh, plot lines. For those of you that are looking for that, though, The Ringer uh, has a new podcast called Binge Mode, which does Mm -hmm. like hour-long episodes on every episode of Game of Thrones from the beginning that just launched last week. So they went, they like pre-recorded like 50 hours worth of podcasts. So is it... is it uh, like an hour long for season one, an hour long for season two, or something no, like that? No, it's an or? hour long for episode one. Well, then I might one. as well just rewatch an hour it at long that point. episode two. <laughs> an hour long for episode three. I mean, I could just yeah. watch it again. <laughs> what is good does that do me? Um, that's a good idea for a show, for a podcast. If, they co- if they've not copyrighted it, we should do our own version of that. 
mad about binging. Yeah, but, but do it with mad about, but do it with mad about you. Yes, mad about mad about you. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just we go through every episode of the that Paul needs Reiser. to happen. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> mad about mad about you. How has that not already happened? Actually, uh, but man, Game of Thrones. It's just it's just incredible. Uh, I'm you know, I'm at the I'm at the beginning of season six right now, and season five ends with this huge battle, and like uh, you know they the like winter is coming, like it's all in the winter, and there's like giants everywhere. I mean, it's the best looking stuff. Oh. It's be- it looks better than Lord of the Rings in my opinion. Like it's in, yeah. it's amazing that the, I'm like holy crap, I'm watching television right now. It's just yeah. kind of actually you're amazing. not. It's um it's not TV. It's HBO. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a home box office. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. Um, but man, we'll just have to see if it, if it holds on. I'm sure it will for the last season. I'm sure it'll be very as popular as ever. And uh, they've announced that the, the final, um, the final episode is going to be like two or three hours long. So it's basically oh, really? going to be a movie for the final episode, which I've said once they end the series, they should just spin this off into a trilogy of, and put them in the theaters and do, do that whole thing. I think they would make a killing if they, you know, a Game of Thrones trailer in a movie theater. Aren't people they, would go correct, insane for that? Correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't they? Uh, aren't they almost caught up in the books yet? I don't know. I don't read the books. I've not read the books. Yeah. As far as I, I know, know. Yeah, because I know they're waiting for a while for for. Uh, this is like the worst podcast ever because I don't know anything. But weren't <laughs> they waiting for a while for for uh, the books to become, uh, to, you know? Become available yeah. again for them to have more material to to make. Right. I'm getting worried that it might be getting a little close. I think. I don't know, but you know what? I I don't I haven't paid attention to how accurate they are with the books. I'm sure they are because George R R Martin is so in, uh, involved in the production and everything, and he writes some of the scripts of the show and things like that. Probably. That um, I'm sure whatever they've done away from what the books say have been with his blessing, but um. Yeah, we'll see how it ends, but man, I can't, I'm surprised you're not in the books or the show, mm-hmm. but you you have dedicated plenty of time to the 12th most popular president of the past 50 years, which is commendable, <laughs> because you. you have your priorities, and Thank I respect you. you for them. Thank you. I'm a true Texan. Lyndon Baines Johnson, the Great. Texas president. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk LBJ conspiracy theories while we're at it? Or is that separate from our? I don't know, man. I mean, I've there's all kinds of good stuff. I can talk to you about his his college, how he won sort of the presidency of the college with some voting fraud and his congressional races. I know all this stuff now. I'm very well versed. I'm uh, very well versed on the on on LBJ. But uh, I think we should talk about what a lot of people consider to be the LBJ of the hip hop community, <laughs> and that's Tupac Shakur. Oh, I was gonna say Mace, but uh, Tupac <laughs> Shakur. Okay, yeah. Let's take a break. Let's bring on Brian and talk all eyes on me. Boom. Boom. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. 
That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So we're joined now by Brian. Hey, man. What up? How's it going, guys? Hi, Brian. How are you? Sorry, I missed the show. uh, Missed movie news there. Sorry. You know, it happens. Sometimes it happens. I refuse to talk about uh, the thing that you guys talked about. I have no clue. So sorry. We talked a little Game of Thrones and a little LBJ. So Mm, I I hate all those things. Yeah. So good. Glad I skipped. You missed a lot of breaking news on Dolphin Tail 3, though, which is, we're pretty pretty jazzed about. We spent 20 minutes talking just about that, but uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, Daniel Day-Lewis and Harrison Ford are signed on, so that's pretty crazy. And Daniel Day-Lewis is spending the past seven months as a dolphin, so <laughs> yeah, super dedicated. He had a blowhole installed in his back. <laughs> surgically. Just to really get into the character. Mm-hmm. I like it. You like it. Yeah. Well, um... We just want to know, kind of, I know we don't have the entire review here to uh, take up, but um, if you wanted to summarize, maybe in a minute or two, uh, what's your review, or you can do a solo app if you want, Um, (laughs) what's your review of Cars 3? Did you see it, and what was your thoughts? Yeah, I took the kid to see it on on Father's Day, because that's what you want to do. On Father's Day. See oh, on Father's Day. Oh, I said it was Cars over 3. the weekend, but you did it on. Yeah. Fa- that's another level yeah. of parenting, no. fathering. It's it's all good though. It, like he, I, I joke around all the time about parenting, but my kid is a lot. He he's four and he's actually really cool and a lot of fun. So I I like hanging out with him. So he wouldn't go see the Tupac movie. Um, he was uh, he <laughs> he's firmly seen, East Coast. Yeah, he's, right. he's, well, he's and, a biggie he guy right now. Yeah, he he hadn't seen Straight Outta Compton yet, and he's a completist like I am. So. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't want to yeah. go. So it's cool. And he uh, does. No, he's he loves Puff Daddy, <laughs> right? That's I've tried guy. really hard to get him off of it, but he, you know, he just keeps listening to the Godzilla soundtrack <laughs> uh-huh. on remix. Yeah. So, so he's got it on vinyl though, so I feel good about that part at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we went to see Cars Three. It was fine. It was fine. I mean, it's it's. I'm really glad we're not doing an episode on it, even though I really don't want to talk about the movie that we're talking about uh, in its place. But it, it's. It's the it's everything that we dislike as a movie review podcast where it's like it's a B minus to a B plus at best. And so there's just 
there's just not a lot to talk about. It was um, it was fine. Started it started fine. It ended pretty well actually. I thought it came together nicely. The middle section, it was everything I could do not to take a nap. And I might have taken a nap, except that my wife was taking a nap at that point. So <laughs> like somebody's got to watch the kid. Somebody's got to make sure this kid doesn't get abducted or something. So uh, so I, I stayed I stayed through. More than anything else, there's nothing wrong. Cars 1 is fine, and I actually like Cars 1. I think I would like it more if it wasn't such uh, a beating when you have a kid, because kids just freaking love Cars, and it's it's the one Pixar movie you're like, I really don't want to watch that today, and that's all they want to watch for months at a time. Cars 2 is awful, uh, and Cars 3 is fine, but it's like, you watch, I watch that movie, and I think man, Pixar spent three years making this. Like, what could they have done <laughs> instead of this? Like, why can't we just, at this point, why can't they just hand it off to, like, the B team at Disney, the way they did with planes, and just say, you know what? This makes so much money in merchandising, and the universe that it's in is fine. So you guys just make these movies. Do, like, kind of how the Aladdin sequels came out when we were kids. Just put them straight to DVD. Or if you want to do a theater, then that's fine. But we are going to go work on something that, I don't know something like Inside Out or Coco or whatever. Something I think that they are doing has that. Are, isn't this? Did, wasn't this? The yeah, B Coco team, comes out this the year. The B team well, of Pixar. Maybe like, I don't know, but because they, they had to stack these movies the way they're doing them. That yeah. I guess the A team was Coco and the and this was the B. What what were the last two Pixar movies that came out? Was it Inside uh, Out and uh, what was last year's? Finding Dory. Finding Dory. Year. Yeah. Just fine. It's be willing to bet that Inside Out was the A team, Finding Dory was the B team. This is the B team. <laughs> just yeah. from just from kind of like priority yeah. standpoint. Still, I, I I want. Yeah, B I don't know if Disney is necessarily the B team anymore. Yeah, I know. You know? I know, but the, Pixar when they want to do stuff when they when they're at their best is still better than whatever Disney's doing. I think. Totally. I think Inside Out and um, I think we'll see with Coco because Coco looks really inspired. So it's fine. It, it just I don't know. Put these out straight to DVD, make bukus of money on DVD and streaming sales and the merchandising and all that sort of stuff. And let's, you guys focus on something that's a little more meaningful to me. But uh, yeah, it, you know, a, a B minus B movie, there's, you know, it could be a lot worse. So, so it could be, it could correct be minions, me if I'm wrong, you know? but <laughs> just, just kind of looks of, or, or what I've gathered from Pixar with these kind of sequel movies is, uh, Wow, look, here's what we can do with animation now. Looks mm-hmm. great. Wow. Uh, you know, Finding Dory had its moments, but they spent a lot less time on the story and a lot more time on just wowing you with, I can't believe this is animated. Like, I, I think Finding Dory was one of the better Pixar movies animation-wise. I mean, some of the water sure. stuff, and it, it looks incredible, you know? Uh, was that kind of the the synopsis you would say? Like, this is really fun to watch and look at, but... Nothing yeah. to nothing to write home about as a yeah that's as a movie. that's fair and and look it's all good because for all of the crap that they get for making a sequel they gave us Inside Out two years ago which was one of the best movies I mean still is one of my the best movies that I've that I've seen this last decade and uh, I really think Coco is going to be great and you know all these other movies are are really solid and good this dinosaur one, yeah yeah <laughs> can you remember good dinosaur do you remember that, that one like yeah, that, totally. that one's so random. When it you was go back random. and look at them like it's like wow that was right. Pixar, right? It it was super random, so, but you know even when they they to to date I think they still only have one 
movie that you can say is a bad movie, and that's Cars 2. And, every, you know, they've got some some Bs and some B minuses, but overall, okay, you just do what you do because you... Monsters University was out. pretty rough, too. That yeah, comes close fine. to being bad, but not as bad yeah. as Cars 2. Yeah. So, it's, it's... I think some of them are just... Um, I think they've gotten into territory where they are occasionally doing, or maybe even more than occasionally, maybe half the time, they're doing movies that are more kid-oriented than they used to. You know, Toy Story, Toy Story is one of my, my, my son's favorite movies, and I, but I will watch that with him anytime because it, it has so much appeal, um, to adults, I think. And so, you know, Cars, even Finding Dory is the same kind of thing to me where it's like, I don't, I don't really care about this my kid does and it's certainly more than watchable so it's all good but i would i i just think they are so i think when they're at their best they're so much better than what anybody else is doing and so i i don't know in some ways it it feels like a it feels like a missed opportunity but cars 3 is more than anything else it's just there's a lot of nostalgia built up for something that i have zero nostalgia for and so that just kind of Especially in the second act, I was just like, "Let's get, let's get on with this." I don't <laughs> care. I don't care about the Hudson Hornet. Like, let's, let's, let's go on. Was it? Uh, did the did the trailers mislead you? And they were like, everything changes, and it made it seem like, "Wow, this is going to be way different than the other Cars movies." Or was this just like you've tricked us into getting into theater? And now they're just no, now Mater's just like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Yeah, <laughs> God. Mater's in it a lot less than either of the other two Cars movies, so it's better for it. <laughs> nice. That's just such a beating. Oh, it's such a beating every time he comes on screen. But uh, yeah, look, it had a lot to say. It's got a, it's got a message. It's got a point. And Pixar, that's maybe what they do best is they they take real life and uh, sometimes very adult themes and situations and make kids movies out of them and try to pass them along in a way that if the kid can't understand then at least can kind of um gain some appreciation for or like i don't know very vague concept of and this one's all about like time passing you by and the you know the end of um the end of the of your your run as for so for lightning it's you know he's being passed by by all these young race cars and he's trying to figure out how to age gracefully and what that looks like and being stubborn mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it had something to say. I appreciated that. It was fine. It just, I just don't, I don't know. I don't need a cars movie ever again. So, wow. Well, it's, uh, we're less, th- we're just exactly actually, uh, two years away from toy story four, mm. which is 2019 and 2018 is the Incredibles two less than a year away from that. Actually. Wow. Crazy Those two think. I'm very excited about. Those are sequels I, I'm, I'm in, in in on all day, I think. And uh, this November 22nd, Coco, uh, which is Lee Unkrich's first movie since Toy Story 3, first movie to direct for Pixar since Toy Story 3. And before that, he was co-director of Finding Nemo, and that's it. So he um, long-awaited return for for Lee in the director's chair, and John Lasseter, back in the director's chair for Toy Story 4. And he directed, the last two he did was Cars and Cars 2. So I'm a little more skeptical about Toy Story 4, (laughs) believe it or not. And uh, Brad Bird back from Tomorrowland into uh, The Incredibles 2 director's chair. So we shall see where that goes. But wow, 
Never would have thought. It's crazy that it only made $50 million. When I saw the weekend box office, I thought this was going to make a ton just because it's something to take the kids to. Maybe Father's Day had something to do with that, with it Mm -hmm. not doing as well. Maybe that's why Wonder Woman did so much better. It's because it was the only thing that uh, appeals to the dads, probably, except for if your dad loved Tupac, like my dad did. (laughs) Um, This one, it made $50 million. And to- Cars Two made sixty six million, and Cars One made sixty. So this is yeah. the least gross, least uh, popular Cars movie. Um, and I guess people saw Cars Two, and they're like, "Yeah, we're done, and we're done." Mm-hmm. Maybe this would have done great if they just put it on Netflix. Like, how much would parents just appreciated that? Like, get a babysitter. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Cars Three is out. The kids have something to do for the night. Let's go out for a nice dinner for Father's Day and do what we want to do. Maybe that yeah. would have been a, a way more, a way better way to do it. Maybe they would have made the same amount of money. I bet <laughs> Netflix would have paid him fifty million for the rights to yeah. put Cars Three on Netflix. You yeah. know, exclusively. it'll end up doing well overseas. These movies yeah. always do. It's fine. I I think maybe even Disney under and Pixar underestimate how much of a beating Cars is if you're a parent. Like, I I honestly. <laughs> Cooper went through a stage where every single day he either watched cars or he bugged me for an hour to watch cars. If we were watching anything else, like he just kids love two, three year olds, two and three year olds love cars and it's fine. Like it's a, there's nothing really wrong with it, but gosh, there's, there's almost nothing that you can watch every single day without just being like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I hate this. I hate this. I don't want to do it. They just, um, and that's every parent feels that way. Every parent, go, like it, it, I'm not kidding. Like it seems like every single kid goes through this phase, and you're just like, if I watch Cars one more time, I will shake my child. I can't. <laughs> I just can't do it. You know, they're it's the worse. They're only making it. Uh, I promise we'll talk about Always on Me here in a second. But I mean, do you think they made this just, just to have an excuse to put out another four years of toys in the Toys R Us oh, without totally. it looking weird? Yeah. You know, like. Why do they have an entire aisle of Cars toys if the last movie didn't come out and, you know, came out in 2011? You know, this is going to buy them at least four or five more years of merchandising. And I'm willing to bet, maybe besides Toy Story, that Cars is easily the highest grossing merchandise in in Pixar stuff. And uh, so it's worth it for them probably to just do it just for that sake, uh, to keep to keep the uh, the sales going. But I'm I'm just anxious for... Monsters uh, 3, because <laughs> Monsters 2 was awesome. No, it was fine. It was fine. Go back and listen to our review if you want to for that one. Um, okay. All eyes on me. We all got to see this, and we all made it through two and a half hours of this. Uh, I will go first. Um, did we all make it through all two and a half hours? <laughs> yeah, Richard, how long did Richard <laughs> make it? <laughs> Less than two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> As I was watching it, I was like, there's, there is a, there is a, I wish I could have bet money in Vegas that, that of whether or not Richard would stay through this. There was no I, way. I almost made it two hours. Wow. It's not bad. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. This movie, uh, just of course, disappointing. Um, I didn't research this much at all, uh, prior to going into it. I didn't know how official it was, if it even had the family's blessing, anything like that. Um, Apparently it did not really. Uh, John yeah. John Singleton was gonna make one or was gonna make this movie, but um, had creative differences. 
uh, with the studio on what it should be, how Tupac should be portrayed, things like that. And uh, the family had given John Singleton the blessing to make a Tupac movie. And uh, he says that he's going to make one eventually. So this is not the be-all, end-all so of Tupac Maybe movies. this will be the uh, the jobs, the yeah. Ashton Kutcher jobs <laughs> to, a, to something else later on. Maybe so. But uh, they, I guess what this movie has going for it, uh, pretty much all it has going for it is... Uh, soundtrack guy guy looks just like tupac i mean that's that's there's no mistaking that's a, that see to me he didn't he had the eyebrows but i don't know i was very aware he wasn't tupac the whole time i think he looks like him more than most people look like more more than you know uh cory hawkins looked like dr dre or something like that sure you know uh you weren't fooling me there but i mean ice cube's kid looked like ice cube as a youth that's not a surprise it's literally his dna <laughs> that uh but um you know i thought that that had that going for him which was uh a lot of biopics struggle to even like you made a good a good point richard um ashton kutcher didn't look like steve jobs in the slightest you're not fooling anyone we're we're not we're watching kelso on screen not steve jobs you know <laughs> uh we're we're not, we're getting punked here obviously or something you know um but demetrius ship he, he he passed the test on the Tupac uh, lookalike. I'll I'll do that. I mean, he's this guy has never acted before in anything. Um, so I guess kind of a decent start for him. I mean, I didn't think he was great, but I didn't think he had a lot to work with. But um, Denai Guerra, good to see her. Love The Walking Dead. Lauren Cohen, good to see her. Love The Walking Dead. Um, maybe Benny Boom is just a huge Walking Dead fan. He's like, if I could do a Tupac biopic and disguise it so that I could work with the Walking Dead cast, um, Benny Boom needs to stop. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know. This guy does Nicki Minaj music videos and the SWAT episodes of Empire, the SWAT sequel. Like uh, that was direct to DVD. Um, SWAT firefight is what it's called from 2011. Mm. Uh, Akon smacked that music video with Eminem. <laughs> uh, he did 50 cents, the massacre music videos. Uh, and 50 cent, like came out and was like, this is, he, he was mad about this movie. Uh, yeah. you know, no pun intended. And this, it, from the people that knew Tupac and, uh, you know, other than Snoop Dogg, who was, I think, involved in the movie. I think he did the ADR for his own voice uh, with this. Uh, he, you know, he kind of backed it up, but Jada Pinkett came out and was like, this wasn't accurate to my relationship with Tupac. Um, so there are some historical inaccuracies here. Uh, and it's disappointing because I think the source material, Tupac's story, Tupac's life, Tupac's music, has enough to trump straight out of Compton. It has the the potential story wise and movie wise to be a better better movie than Straight Outta Compton was, and uh, it's not. This is a wasted opportunity for all involved. I'm surprised that they didn't just hold off and wait for you know F. Gary Gray to come come around <laughs> and do this or something. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, it, yeah, it, it shouldn't have been Benny Boom as the guy. Like, okay, we're doing this. This is it. You know, uh, maybe Demetrius Ship was what they were what they were holding out for but uh 
You know, he wasn't even the guy who played him in Straight Outta Compton. So there are other Tupac lookalikes out there that could uh, that could do this. And man, this is one of the most poorly directed movies I've ever seen. I mean, there is not a scene. This movie's two and a half hours, like we said. There's not a scene in the first hour and forty five minutes that's over twenty five to thirty seconds. And I'm not exaggerating. It is it is made up of hundreds of twenty five second scenes in the uh, first hour and a half. And yeah. it was like, they have to say, you know, we got to sum up Tupac's entire life up until he gets signed to death row in an hour and 45 minutes. Well, the only way to do that is to talk about this, talk about this, talk about this, talk about this. And maybe this comes from his music video background that Benny boom is like, man, I'm the camera's just on this way too long. I got to cut, you know, uh, he, he just didn't know how to pace a scene or shoot a scene. Uh, and right when you start to get into like some family drama, it cuts to back to prison or it cuts to him at a studio or something like that. And uh, the movie doesn't really get going or doesn't start to feel like it has the pacing of a movie until two hours into it. And then by the time it starts to feel like a movie, it's over. And, and uh, but I was tired before I even got to that point. I was ready for it to be over before I even started enjoying myself at all. And so that's uh, that's not a good sign. But Brian, what what? How do you feel? I, you know, I don't like biopics to begin with, and this is kind of the prime example of why. I think they're boring. You always either you get stuck into this. It, it seems like biopics are always this. This movie's an hour too long. I mean, it's just it seems like this is always the case with biopics. They they feel like they've got to tell every detail of every of the person's life and just really dig into these details that I just don't care about or I know already. And so it's not interesting for me to see it on screen. You know, I mean, we, we all grew up, I mean, maybe me a little bit more than you guys in the, in this era. And so I don't, I mean, I would never by any means consider myself like a Tupac aficionado or anything, but I, I know a fair amount just because I remember how a lot of this stuff went down at the time and there's so there really wasn't anything new that's brought to light for me um you know i <laughs> i don't care if demetrius ship looks like tupac i i'm to be honest like just cast the person who can who can fill the role uh from an acting perspective and I don't care CGI his face or just prosthetic it or just <laughs> trust that we can believe that this is Tupac in a movie and not actually Tupac. I don't care if he sort of looks like Tupac. It's it's just get somebody you can act. He's not I don't know, man. Maybe he's a good actor cuz this is certainly you're totally right, Kent. This is a horribly directed movie. So maybe it's an awful script. Yeah, it's a terrible script. It's he so he certainly wasn't put in any position to to succeed, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I just didn't catch... Tupac had a lot of... Uh, I mean, a big part of his whole thing was was his persona. And he had so much uh, charisma. And this guy really didn't. And it just... it just, You know, early in Kobe Bryant's career, when it all it felt like he was doing was just doing a Michael Jordan impression. And then later, later he kind of reached a, a new plateau of his own or a new height of his own. And you're like, okay, I can kind of appreciate what Kobe's doing. But there was a stretch where I was just like, I don't want to see this guy out here doing a Michael Jordan impression. And Kobe was, <laughs> Kobe was really good. Even when he was doing that, that's what this kind of played. Like, it's just like, okay, cool. You can 
sort of do the facial expressions and the mannerisms and stuff, but it's not really very all that particularly good. And if I really just have to have somebody who can do that, then just go get like Jay Farrow or something. I don't know, man. I just <laughs> it was a really. I feel like it's a bad idea to base your entire film off of, well, this guy looks like the dude who we're portraying in the movie. Oh, I don't, that should be the last concern, at least in my, in my opinion. So I I don't know, man, I I just, I know, I know enough about this story to not have found anything new within this movie to be interested in. It stretches far, far, far too long. It lost me almost immediately. I mean, I started texting Richard. i I was in a theater almost exclusively to myself and I started texting Richard almost immediately to be like, I, I don't know if I can do this. This is, I hate scene changes like that. It reminded me of the absolute worst version of Ali, the Michael Mann oh, movie gosh. with Will Smith, which is not a very good, it's not a good movie. That's one of the more disappointing movies of, of my, my life. Cause I love Michael Mann and I love Ali and I love Will Smith, especially at the time. And it just doesn't all come together. But but it is at least um, a worthwhile endeavor and it's trying and whatnot. This just, it's like, dude, you don't have to cut after 27 seconds. We could, we could hang out here for a little while. I hate the framing of doing 80% of the movie. Uh, exposition. In, in, yeah. Exposition. <laughs> and with flashbacks to this interview and the jailhouse interview and stuff like all that. I just feel like that was a really bad idea to start with. And it goes from there. I, this was, this should have been 90 minutes long. We should get somebody who can actually act a little bit, get, an, get a director who has directed something before that's not a music video, and, and let's, let's do it right. If you're going to do these movies, then please just do them right. I, I don't know. This seems disrespectful. As somebody who is, um, I don't know, like Tupac, was the, Tupac and Biggie were about the only, uh, the only acts in the rap game that I cared about as a as a teenager, uh, as a white teenager in Texas, you know, that's the, it's really, their impact was huge. And so like, if you're going to do this movie, then please do it right. Please do it to where it's, it gives a true accounting of the person and doesn't, I don't know. It just felt like spitting on his grave in some ways. I, I, I don't know. I, I was, I'm really, <laughs> I just, I really don't like this movie a lot as you can tell by my long winded explanation, but, uh, this was just should have been, Either do it much, much better than this, or just don't do it, I guess, would be my, my ending statement. Ricardo. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I concur with what you guys... I, it, this is such a... To me, it's such a straight-out-of-Compton kind of cynical cash grab. Mm-hmm. We got to get this, you know... Oh, people are only going to care about this for a short amount of time. We got to get this out as soon as possible. Sure, Benny Boone can do it. I mean, um, to me, it, it's, it, the script was so haphazard. You know, Tupac is someone with of considerable um, importance to the culture at large, and a yes. considerable talent, and a considerable, considerable kind of uh, intellectual, artistic side. And that's so like a crappy Tupac movie. It's I mean, this movie is is probably worse than Get Rich or Die Trying, right? And it's yeah. like Fifty yeah. Cent's not half the artist Tupac was, right. and his movie is slightly better. <laughs> Granted, he got to play himself in it, but. But uh, yeah, I mean that's this is a terrible kind of uh, testament to to someone and someone who still means a lot to a lot of people. I mean, Tupac, right. it, like Elvis, still has a substantial following and people that really care and people that think he's alive. Um, and so there's there's a lot to to play with there. 
it's just so uh it, it's like um you know i remember i watched uh i watched that uh the new edition uh biopic with like michael rapaport as their manager that came out last year on oh, bet gosh. okay um at my barber shop she she had it on and i watched like an hour of it well getting my hair cut and talking to Richard her for a while goes to oak cliff to get his hair cut <laughs> i do i do and so uh no i go she's up in addison but she and so i sat there and watched uh watched it and it, it was better than this like substantially better yeah. scripted than this um and it was a tv movie so this felt like a bad like mtv or bet tv movie i i, yeah. I uh it was it was rough i I think it's it's so forgettable. I, it's it's one of these things we had on the calendar. We went to do it. We we did the movie also because Kent had it in his movie draft. And then it's just like we'll forget about this movie in a week. It's so not important. It's such a flash in the pan that that this was such a such a disappointment. But hopefully we get a great Tupac movie. But I hope that movie is like fifteen years down the road because I don't want to deal with it again, even if yeah. it's good for like at least fifteen fifteen years. I thought there would be an audience for this. Um, I think last week I said it, its max ceiling was like thirty million, you know, and yeah. uh, I think it made twenty-seven million. Yeah, apparently, it okay. it did way better than the studio and everybody had forecasted it to do. Which, if it you forecasted it to do less than thirty million dollars, why did you make the movie? You know, right. <laughs> like why? If there isn't, if there wasn't that it has much, no international appeal either right, like right it's only a domestic right. for the most part if you if you don't think you can at least you know maximize if this was a 95 percent, you know critics are raving kind of a movie and you still you don't think you can make 50 million dollars why do you even why do you even go to the effort to produce it i just don't know you know um i would have felt i would have had to have felt a lot better about this as a studio to do this and again like you said to put Tupac's name out there and tell his story like this. Um, it's not right, I guess. Uh, it, it's disrespectful yeah. to somebody who was murdered. You know, it's not like this. Allegedly. He's still alive. Oh, allegedly. We, <laughs> nobody knows. If, he, we know he was murdered. Yeah. We don't. You know what they should do? Maybe you do. There's a common theme here with Straight Outta Compton and with All Eyes on Me. Why don't we just make a Suge Knight movie? Because the most interesting oh, yeah. character in all this is Suge Knight, and and seems to have a lot, a lot more drama going on than than all of these people combined. So just make the two and a half hour, three hour Suge Knight movie, and just get it over with, you know? Because the, they're just kind of beating around the bush on telling, on telling Suge's story. But you're right, um, Brian. There's just so much. I mean, it, the whole thing is exposition at the beginning. I mean, for an over an hour. It's just, uh, why did this happen? Or tell me why you did this. Or remember when you were in the poetry gang? Or remember when you joined Digital Underground? And then, oh man, it's it's really cringy. And then we have to get an entire scene of the Humpty Hump and like Gosh. stuff that you're just like, why? Why do we have yeah. to revisit this as a culture? I don't care if Tupac started there. We haven't. We have the length of a movie to tell the important parts of his life. Why did this make the cut? And why is this the longest scene so far in the movie? You know, uh, I was yeah. shaking my head really hard at that. Um, <laughs> him moving around a ton. Um, they try to kind of focus on the family drama a lot, but again, in any scene where they're kind of at the fam, at you know, at the dinner table or 
him having a conversation with his mom. It lasts 27 seconds. So you don't ever, it doesn't ever feel like it's real drama because it cuts away. You're like, well, that was just a small spout. There's nothing really going on there. Anything like that. And it's a lot of yelling. It's just a lot of yelling early in that. And I'm not saying it's not authentic, but it doesn't play very organically. When you step into a scene for the 14th scene change in three and a half minutes and you, you step in and, and, one of them is immediately just screaming at the other one. It's just, it, I don't know. It, it kind of took it, it takes away from the opportunity to build that. That is such an important relationship to uh, Tupac's biography and his story and everything is his, his contentious relationship with his mom. And you don't, I don't know. I, you need that to come across organically, not like, oh, look, she's screaming at him, and now she's kicking him out of the house and sending him somewhere else. And now, you know, it just, it doesn't, <laughs> there's not, oh, goodness. The, the idea of pacing and, and development is not really explored here well, um, whatsoever. <laughs> there's none of it, I don't think. No. Uh, you know what they should have done? It would have been a way better movie. Just Just show us the Coachella Tupac hologram for two and a half hours. <laughs> that would have been a way better representation of... What we would want to see as an audience. It's amazing that a hologram can have better stage presence than uh, than Demetrius Ship Jr. Uh, Like you said earlier, uh, one of y'all said that. I mean, he was he was such a an icon for how he just attracted people and how he was so magnetic, you know. And he did have that stage presence. Uh, They didn't get that across on camera at all. There wasn't, you know, even the performance parts of it. And apparently, I mean, I I I likes to Tupac and I've listened to some of his music, but apparently he performs a song in the movie that wasn't even out until after he died or something. Oh no. So that's oh, a, no. I didn't even that's a mistake. That. Like maybe it's one he performed at a show that never was on an album or something. So give him maybe the benefit of the doubt there, but that's a huge mistake. If, if that mistake was made. Um, but yeah, he doesn't, there wasn't one moment in the movie where he's performing and I mean, that's what this, these movies kind of, it's their cachet is, wow, you can, you can at least remember the music, right? You can remember why we like this person as a, as a performer and as a musical artist. Um, there wasn't a moment where I felt like he was performing. Like it was so obvious that he was just like doing karaoke lip syncing this. Like I felt like I was watching NWA in Straight Outta Compton. Right. The scene where they're at, I mean, you talk about forgettable. So much of Straight Outta Compton is unforgettable. When they're at Joe right. Lewis Arena and they do F the Police for the first time, it's just epic, you know? And mm-hmm. it gives you the chills thinking about it. And this is the opposite of that. This felt like, like you said, a yeah. BET uh, kind of made for TV, like a Lifetime Saved by the Bell movie, you yeah. know? Uh, in a lot of ways. And that's sad. But there's one moment that was kind of good. And and like the maybe one redeeming scene of the movie, which I actually enjoyed because probably it's a great song, is when they're doing California Love and he gets out of jail and goes mm-hmm. and spits his verse on California Love, which mm-hmm. in my opinion is the best rap verse ever. I love it's that certainly verse. the most the most popular rap song of the era. Oh, I true. Mean, probably and, maybe of all time. Uh, that's and his verse is just incredible on that. And yeah, I don't know if that's how it happened. If he really did just walk in and do it in one take and says fresh out of jail, you know, well, that's his first thing to say out of jail. I don't know how true all that is, but it made for a good scene. And I was like vibing to that scene. But again, that was 
a, a minute and a half of a two and a half hour movie that I was like, wow, I'm enjoying what I'm watching right now. <laughs> and it was the longest scene in the movie. It was the longest that scene. That's what I said. I mean, it comes <laughs> at the very end, uh, you know, we're two hours into it and I'm like, man, he hasn't even released all eyes on me yet. Like this is going to be, this is a long yeah. movie. And, uh, like I said, it doesn't start feeling like a movie, like, wow, I'm actually watching what I came here for until two hours in. And, um, and that's sad, but I guess we can talk about the ending. Uh, we know about his life at this point. Uh, but we, he was such a charismatic figure as far as his, you know, his, him leading a movement and him speaking up for the black society at the time. And they really kind of try to hit on that, but it doesn't doesn't work. You know, it's not as effective. It's not as deep as it should be. You know, he really did have an impact on he, he on a movement. You know, uh, during during those times. But it feels like they kind of gloss over a lot of the most impactful stuff about his life and his oh, upbringing yeah. and things like that. I mean, they really do gloss over it in twenty seven seconds for a lot yeah. of it. Yeah, and and the other part of it too, and this this is another thing that I really dislike about biopics in general, and this one really, really knocked it out of the park on the things I don't like is there is a lot of of uh, tragedy to Tupac's story, and his I would never uh, claim to understand all the things that he was going through mm -hmm. as a youth, and and then into his early twenties and whatnot. <laughs> I this movie. This movie makes it out like uh like he was basically a saint who just was the victim of his circumstances. And I don't think that's I don't think that's mm -hmm. accurate and I and I think that that is um actually I think that disparages who he who he was. And I I think when biopics go out of their way to make it seem like the the subject of the movie is a perfect person or a saint or he never did anything wrong or or any of these sorts of things I don't want you to dwell on all the horrible things that anybody has ever done in their life. You know, if someone ever makes a biopic on me, I don't, I don't want, you know, I don't want you to just dwell on the times that I yelled in traffic or that, or whatever, you know, like just pick out all the terrible things, but please don't, don't uh, portray me as a perfect human being. It always annoys me. And this one, it's just scene after scene after scene. He's a victim of this. He's a victim of that. He's a victim of that. He's a victim of that. And there's some truth to that for sure. But it's not, that's not all that is happening in the world. It's not just a constant, yeah, I don't know. I, it just, it got so tiring after an hour and then another hour. And then we just keep going from there. It's just like, this is, this is not an accurate, by any means, not, it's not 5% accurate of what we, what the actual story is. And I don't know. I just feel like that's, I feel like that's not fair to the subject of the, of the movie whenever you do that in a, in a biopic. So there's a couple of ways that they could have maybe ended this. And that's is one kind of focusing on the controversy with Suge Knight and the fact that Tupac wanted to leave death row records and start his own label. And, you know, apparently Suge didn't like that. Uh, you know, I guess they quote unquote agreed so for speak. him to, yeah, for him to, uh, start his own imprint on death row, but that started beef with Biggie. So you could have really focused on either the beef with Suge or the beef with Biggie. 
but they gloss over the beef with Suge and they gloss over the beef with Biggie. Like I did, I read after this, you know, that he really did have beef with Biggie and, and, uh, Diddy or Puff Daddy. And that was, didn't come across to me at all in this, you know, I didn't even know that that was a thing. And if, if there's rumors that that led to his murder, you know, in some kind of way that somebody in one of those parties could be even 1% responsible for anything that happened to Tupac, that didn't come across at all. It, it felt like he was like, uh, they didn't even lead on, lead you in that direction. You know, like, okay, here's, here's, uh, here's the controversy with Suge. Like uh, he, he says he's going to leave. And then Suge's like, Oh, sorry, man, you got bills to pay. And then Tupac's like, okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's yeah. how it felt. And, uh, everything was good with Suge at the end. And then, um, everything was good with Biggie, you know? And, uh, that's kind of how it felt. But apparently Snoop Dogg felt like he was going to get murdered or something. Oh yeah. In one part. (laughs) Like what? I want to dig into this stuff. There's, there's so much that was happening at this time. And it was, it's tragic that it, that it happened the way that it happened. If you're interested in it, there's all kinds of, of books and and read and that like, just make a freaking documentary. Just make a documentary. There's one called, there's one called resurrection from Oh three that he, he kind of voices Tupac voices and uh, it's through, you know, interviews and things like that. That's apparently way, you know, way better done than this and tells a lot more of the truth than this does. So seek that out if, if you're interested, but um, man, the way it ends is just, it's really cheesy. I hate to say that, but I mean, they're in Las Vegas. uh, They're driving along and then you hear a gunshot and like fade to black. And Tupac sold over 75 million albums. Yeah. The end. You know, <laughs> that's, that's his, really his murder murder. Is still at large. His murder, yeah. and his, his murder is still unsolved. The end. You know, yeah. uh, wow. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's not. Glad you got two and a half hours of my life. For real. You, well, you knew how it was going to end, Richard, right? It's like, it's like, why stay around if you know the ending, I guess, so to speak, yeah. right in a way? Yeah. And I could uh, tell that they weren't going to handle it well. They weren't going to so. respectfully <laughs> give him the respect that a dead person yeah. should should get, you know? But, wow. I didn't realize, the only, maybe the most eye-opening thing, I didn't realize he was like 25 when all, yeah. he had, he had accomplished so all that started stuff. started so young, too. Yeah. So... I guess they kind of focus a little bit on his acting career, which shouldn't have mattered as much as it did in this movie. I don't Poetic justice, man. <laughs> yeah. Juice. Got to Got to get 20 minutes of juice in there. Uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> uh, I think it should have focused more on his music career, his career, you know, his, uh, his activism you know, his family life and yeah, his drama you, rather than like here, point, here I am in, in above the rim, you know, yeah. or whatever. I don't know. I, I feel like they really missed too on just showing how important he was for the culture too. Right. Just, yeah. You know, you get these very, really terribly acted and directed little dots of it. Like the kid being like, Oh, I don't know your songs. And my favorite one is the, you know, it's yeah. just like, this is, <laughs> It was really lame, and and then when his mom says that he, you know, he is a leader and stuff like that, but they never really show that, and you never get a glimpse of what that's actually like and how far-reaching that impact was. And that's, I mean, for for as good of a 
for as good as his uh, as his music is, that's the most. That's probably the most important part about the whole story is how far reaching uh, his impact was, and what a you know what kind of a I don't know how how where the records got to, and how many people were listening, and what a voice he was for the culture and stuff. And it's just that's completely lost in this movie. That that's maybe the most of fit beyond. All the other things that we—that's the most uh, egregious and and somewhat offensive thing of the home. Agreed, agreed. Well, this shouldn't disparage anybody from going and seeking out Tupac Shakur's discography because it's great, and uh, he's extremely talented and maybe arguably the best rapper of all time, and is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year Red and things food, like that. <laughs> Red Food's not rap. Red Foo is. <laughs> Soul. Okay, I call maybe it soul. Not you haven't heard. Yeah, I call it soul. soul. Um, this is this is you know he's a great artist, and this shouldn't discourage anybody from you know if this is your first introduction to Tupac, <laughs> there's a lot more to see from here. I promise you. Yeah. And uh, if he, this he, is your first introduction to Tupac, are you my dad? Yeah, it's like there's there's a lot more. It's a lot better stuff. So we asked the question, Brian, uh, a little bit before you joined us of. Who should they make the next rap biopic about? Oh, gosh. Are they going to do the Dr. Dre basically from, uh, you know, f- from, I guess, chronic 2001 until now, <laughs> like when he discovers Eminem and then he, yeah. uh, you know, just beats by Dre and all that stuff. Is that going to be a second part of straight out of Compton or something like yeah. that? At some point we got to get Snoop, right? Like that's the most obvious answer. Just like, yeah. what are we going to full on? He's made cameos at this point. The cameo in this movie was awful. <laughs> that guy oh. was terrible. Like I said, oh, I think it, I think they had to get oh, Snoop Dogg to voice it because he was probably so bad. Like you sound nothing yeah. like Snoop. Yeah, Just oh come my on, gosh, Snoop. that was that was miserable. So I think uh, there's maybe like a Bubba Sparks biopic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the second the end of the second act where he transitioned to country music. It's it's just it'll break your heart, man. Yeah. The Paul Wall biopic is going to be great. <laughs> that's a man. Good one. Eminem though would be awesome if they could pull yeah, that off. Eight Mile, you know. Yeah, but they did. That's, that's yeah, really pickish. But I mean, white rapper. It it, it, it is a story that would be earth shattering if they could do it. Yeah, I guess good. if they could do like the sequel to Eight Mile, where it's like him famous and all the crap mm-hmm. that he did went through, would probably be interesting. But mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, yeah, who knows? They could just who do knows? straight out of Compton too, and then have Ice Cube and Dre, and that's it. And it's just about their separate paths as they went down at the end of uh, at the end of NWA, and then they come back together. I guess last year they reunited for a little bit with uh, yeah, promote that movie, promote the movie, and then Ice Cube did a couple shows and brought them on stage, and they did some songs together and things like that. So, have you seen the uh, HBO documentary on Dre that's coming out with Jimmy Iovine? Yeah, no, they're about yeah, their partnership. They're, they're doing four um, parts. Looks awesome. Well, they're doing about it's about more people than just Dre. I think Dre's just the first one. I think they're it's about other people uh, okay. too. Like I thought it was just of, about him and Jimmy Iovine's partnership. So it's like a Jimmy Iovine. Uh, I think it's Jimmy Iovine. Uh, I think it's just part, things that Jimmy Iovine did. I think there's a okay. Bono. So it's like episode. him and Bruce. Yeah, yeah, him and Bruce and things like that. Uh, man, Jimmy Iovine. One of the most interesting people of all time. I think totally. he's a, he's he's in straight out of Compton a little bit, or somebody plays him, right? Um, yeah. But there's a biopic you should they should make, or a documentary that they should make is about him as a person. Wow, one of the most intimidating people 
ever in the history of music is him. And yeah, though he probably it's, discovered uh, more awesome people than anyone. No, the whole thing is about Dre and Jimmy Iovine. It's about oh, their it? partnership awesome. and friendship. Yeah. And then, but there's other people in it. Springsteen's like, in wow, it. Wow, you, you can make a four hour documentary on that. That's great. I figured just the first episode was on them, but they can do that. I'm all in. I'm all in on the that. Pair's unlikely journey, which also includes Interscope's departure from Time Warner Atlantic in the mid 90s, uh, is laid out in great deal in the documentary, which includes detailed interviews with the pair, as well as Bono, Eminem, Nas, Ice Cube, Gwen Stefani, for some reason, Tom Petty, Trent Reznor, Snoop Dogg, and Bruce Springsteen. Jimmy Iovine's great in that in that uh, documentary I recommended a couple weeks ago, The Promise, the Bruce Springsteen uh, yeah. documentary. God, he even has a shout out in that, in, that. in that record. He's like, I do have all the co- coolest tunes, like Jimmy Iovine. Is that there's a he references him in a song? Yeah, it, he made he made Dre the first billionaire rapper because of the Apple Beats acquisition. So, not bad, Jimmy. Not bad. But didn't sign my. Your day. time's coming. So screw Tabby. you. You just screw you, Jimmy. Time's coming. Um. Okay. Well. Well, let's grade this out. I'm gonna give all eyes on me. Uh, an F. Just straight F. Brian. No F minus 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 minus. No, <laughs> because F. I like California Love. That's a good. Okay. Song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. That's fair. That, That's if fair. they had yeah. skipped over that song and, and completely, I would have been like, what? <laughs> you know, rioted. That kept it from F minus 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 territory. <laughs> uh, Brian, I'll just go with a a D a D because I feel like I've probably seen. Wow, worse you movies love this. this. Yeah, God. yeah. Put that on the on the uh, poster. Yeah. Oh, I've seen worse movies this year, but this is a <laughs> fail. If I'm yeah. thinking of what I want in a Tupac movie, this is a fail failure. Yeah. Maybe because yeah. I just didn't expect anything out of this because it looked not great. From in context movie. of. The Circle and other movies. This is this is a, a C plus or a B. Yeah, but um, yeah. I'll just um, go D. I might change okay. that to an F later, but for now I'll stick with it. Richard, also because I'm, of California. I'm going to go F as well. Okay, two Fs and a D. Not good. Not good for my movie draft. But yeah. guys, Despicable Me might times, make like might times, make like man. seven billion dollars. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would you but 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 if that kept you from having to do a solo episode but now the highest grossing movie of all time is despicable me three which which is <laughs> which would you rather have happen oh i don't know <laughs> i don't know but my fear is that you're gonna make me do minions for my disp- my solo app so maybe i'll just get it'll be explicit like i said last week but <laughs> They'll just get all my thoughts on Despicable Me out of the way. Not Despicable Me, just the Minions. I don't mind Despicable Me. I don't mind Gru. Yeah. I don't mind all that stuff. But the Minions are another entity in, in and of themselves. I hope that guy that emailed us about Minions like three years ago still listens. I don't know how he could at this point and, and just choose you out for your we, Minions. We got an impassioned like editorial, basically, on why we should be appreciative of the Minions. And oh, I got through about four and a half paragraphs of it before I was like, I'm done. I can't. There are people that actively defend the minions that listen to the show. Um, and if you've got kids, I understand, but this guy definitely didn't have kids because he didn't deserve love. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on. And let's let's hit a, let's hit a weekly recommend guys. Weekly recommends. I am going to recommend a documentary that's on HBO, on the HBO circuit right now. 
Uh, it's called Mommy Dead and Dearest. Have you guys watched this yet? Have not. This is a. No, I don't even know what it is. This is a documentary in the vein of Making a Murderer. It's kind of a true crime documentary about uh, the murder of a a lady who had this daughter who had apparently had all these disabilities, you know, fit, physical, mental disabilities. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Okay. Yeah, couldn't walk or anything like that. And it, I don't want to say maybe there's there's a huge twist in it that you're like, whoa. And uh, it's not just about like a, a person dying and finding out who it is. There's a, there's a crazy twist in it that uh, you're like, how is this even possible? How could this even happen? How did people let this happen for so long? How did the, the victims let this happen for so long? And it's it's only about an hour long. I think it's an hour and 15, maybe like something like that. But it's really well done. It's a one-parter on HBO, Mommy, Dead, and Dearest. And uh, it's worth a discussion. If you guys watch it, maybe we'll talk about it next week in Weekly Recommends or something like that. But um, I, really interesting. I read, I read a long, a super long-form article about this before uh-huh. the It's very document. recent. I think it happened only a couple years ago. A couple years ago, yeah. And yeah. Um, wow, it's very – it's crazy. That's all I'll say. It's 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 worth a watch for sure. Uh, so that's my recommend. Mommy Dead and Dearest on HBO. Check it out. Brian. I am going to recommend Richard and I did a uh, a little side bonus podcast. I recommend. Okay, we'll you do you it do together. it. You do that and I'll do another one. That'll, I've got an, I've you got sure? a second reserve. Yeah. Yeah, you go. Yeah, Brian and I have a uh, a pod episode up on the Man About Movies blog where we talk about the NBA draft for almost two hours. So if you're interested in sports scenes and the NBA in general, uh, th- there's a lot going on. Uh, draft season is upon us, and uh, and uh, you can listen to Brian and I talk about prospects and teams and fit and all that. It was a good time. I enjoyed doing it with you, and it may be something we do in the future with some spinoff sports-related uh, podcasts. I know Kent's got, got thoughts on football and things like that, so... Uh, there's an audience for it, kind of testing it out. If you like it, let us know. You guys want to talk NHL expansion draft? Just get at me I know. because Let's, we talked about that on the show. <laughs> Did you about how that's that's your wheelhouse? Yeah, we want to talk. We want to talk Blue Jackets with you one day. <laughs> NHL draft is not my wheelhouse, but uh, I talk NFL draft a lot. I do a, a yeah, actual right. draft show called the Draft Show, where we talk NFL draft and things like that. Uh, I I do that in my daily life. I don't know if the listener knows. I do football podcast for my my day job and so listen to those if you like football but um that's cool you guys did that we've we talked about mad about sports for a long time and uh just need to find the listeners you know we've gained uh gained our audience here on mad about movies that we can count on and we have a very dedicated uh group of listeners that stay uh you know stay with us online and things like that um Maybe we'll be able to dedicate enough time to grow Mad About Sports into something legitimate. It took sure. a while to grow this show, so um, I assume any other show would take a while. But maybe it maybe it'll be worth it someday. But yeah, let's do a do like a let's return to that and do like an NFL preview episode, like at the yeah at sure. the end of the preseason or something like that. It'll be a fun time. Yeah, we'll be a good talk time. about that. Um, cool. What's your recommend, Brian? I'm going to recommend an album. Uh, Jason Isbell has a new new album out uh, that I picked up on Father yesterday. Was yesterday Father? Whatever. I picked up on Father's Day. Uh, and it's Jason Isbell, if you don't know, he's a singer-songwriter, Americana, sort of what, I don't know, what country music was supposed to be and has been um, stripped away from radio country music. But he's 
to me, he's probably the best songwriter going right now. He's so brilliant with his his words and again, um, Red his Poo. lyrics. <laughs> right. Besides, right, he just hasn't put out any albums recently, so that's the <laughs> that's the problem. I'm afraid that he might he might have gone into hiding. But um, no, it's it's uh, it's called Jason Isbell and 400 Unit uh, that na- the Nashville sound, and it is fantastic. And so, cool. if you haven't uh, checked that out, do so. He's his for not his first record, but. 2013, I think he did Southeastern, which is um, either my favorite or second favorite album of all time. And this is uh, kind of right along that line. So it's it's very, very good. Um, and I'm enjoying the, the I've listened to it three or four times through. And, and it's it's boy, he, he's got he's got the kind of lyrics that kind of speak to you more. The more you listen to him, the, the more you you hear, the more you see in what he's saying and stuff. And it's it's really good. So check that so out. So what do you like more? Uh, Ryan Adams Heartbreaker or ah, that's, Jason that's one and two. You picked it. That's one and two for me. <laughs> I knew um, I knew you had mentioned that as your uh, favorite album. That's of hard. All time. I don't know if I could I don't know if I could choose. That's that's that is my one my number one and number two favorite albums of all time. So I could go one A one and one A or something like one A and one B. Cool. So is it better than his last album? I enjoyed his last album. I saw him play yeah. last year, I think, and I enjoyed it. But I do have an iTunes gift card that I've been looking to spend on something. Oh, yeah. So yeah. this might be the one. This might yeah. be the one. It's it's really good. It, I think it's better than his last album. I, I enjoyed something more than free, but it was, uh, and it it did really well. So it wasn't a slump or anything. I just I thought it wasn't as good as Southeastern, and this is this is probably not as good as Southeastern. But who knows? It could it could grow on me as as I listen to it more and more. But I think it's a little bit. It it has more immediate jump out than uh, something more than free did for me at least. Cool. Uh, that's a good recommend. Very eclectic group of recommends yeah, tonight like for that. us. I like it a lot. Okay. Well, that about does it. Um, hold on to your seatbelts for the next week. I promise <laughs> this is this 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 Thursday. We're talking Starship Troopers. Oh um, man! But next Tuesday we're talking Transformers: The Last Night. I believe. Mm, right? What a, what a one two punch. I don't be. think there's anything else coming out this weekend no. because no, no, we have to do Transformers. Nobody's do. Com- wants to compete against Transformers because they know they're going to lose. I guess, but yeah, yeah. I'm dreading yeah. it. We should say too, our 300th episode is coming up. It should be next week or the week after. So look yeah. for look for that. We're doing some some big shenanigans for it, and yeah. we'll probably do some kind of a giveaway on the next episode. So look for that. Okay. Well, look forward to that. And uh, until next week, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. (laughs) But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya, 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 ya,